Schreiber, and welcome to my podcast, Nine Lives. Most of my friends know that I have a very boisterous family. Several aunts, uncles, cousins, second and third cousins, great aunts and uncles, and even some people who aren't even my relatives, gather together on holidays, birthdays, and anniversaries. You can generally count down a lot of hugging, drinking, and singing as someone pumps out Jimmy Buffett songs or Piano Man on the player piano. At family reunions, we even have a tradition of doing the Oreo Minute to Win It Challenge. We place our hands behind our backs and the cookie on our forehead and contort our faces absurdly until the Oreo reaches our mouths. Even though my family is pretty crazy, I still love them all, and it definitely ensures that there is never a dull moment when I'm with them. We're always swapping stories and laughing at the latest gambling adventures of my aunts who live in a convent. One story that gets told and retold is a long story of my grandpa's life. He's gone through some pretty crazy things, like becoming a missionary in Papua New Guinea, catching malaria, being drafted during the Cuban Missile Crisis, cancer, and falling off of a few high objects. So recently, I've been wondering, how does my grandpa keep escaping death? Joining me to talk about his long and eventful life is my grandpa, James Johnson. Hi, Grandpa. Could you please tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Oh, I'm 82. I got my hair yet. <laughs> and uh, I got what? I had five kids. They weren't too bad. <laughs> and now I got 11 grandkids. And, well, they... Uh, oh, well, I'll leave that alone. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, we get along okay. Thanks for joining us today. So, Grandpa, could you please tell me the first time you were seriously injured or in any danger? Well, I think that was probably when I was in New Guinea. Why were you in New Guinea? I went over there as a lay volunteer working for the bishop. So, like a missionary? Like a missionary, yes. Right. But I didn't have any vows or anything. And I worked in a supply store. And uh, I remember one time it... I told one guy to do something, and he, one of my workers, native workers, and uh, he didn't want to do it. And he grabbed a machete. A machete? Yeah, he was going to come after me. He was going to come after he, you with a machete? Yeah, he was mad. And I just stood up to him and told him, I said, hey, you put that darn thing, I don't think I said darn, but <laughs> I, you put that darn thing down, and... Uh, and just cool it. And, uh, well, he kind of looked at me, and he finally put it down and walked away. And uh, that was the last day he worked for me. Wow. So I had four guys that worked for me. So that was the end of it for him. And then I, I had a brother that was over there. He was a missionary priest. And I'd go out and visit him and his outstation. And usually I took a motorcycle out there. But I remember one time when I come back with the motorcycle, the bridge was all wet. It had no side rails or anything. So I was going across the bridge, and I started going off a little bit to the side, and I couldn't correct it. And I fell off with the motorcycle, and that landed on top of me. The motorcycle was on top of you? Yeah, over my legs. And I, well, I just laid there for a while. I said, oh, what should I do now? And then my legs started getting real cold. And I looked and I could see all the 
gas coming out of the gas tank. And so I felt I better hurry up and get this thing straight uh, upright so I can make it back to the main station, which was Alexishafen. That was right on the ocean. So I did, I got up and hey, I survived that one. Okay, so in New Guinea, there was a guy who came at you with a machete and you were in a motorcycle crash. Was that all that happened or was there more? Oh, yeah, there was more. I had a malaria attack. I was up on up the coast that day for that and it was really bad. And I finally, I, they got me back to the main station and I got my pills and treatment for it. And, but it just, uh, I just didn't want to go away. And, uh, and when you get that, you get the shakes real bad and you're cold, you're freezing all the time. And you can't eat anything, you just throw it up right away. So it's, um, and I had to walk about uh, two blocks to get a lunch. So I stayed in my my house for for a good week. I lost about forty pounds, and I had to walk to the to get my lunch. I'd get halfway there and have to rest in the hot sun, and then go the rest of the way. And I'd get something to eat and come back and lay down and finally got over it. And uh, but anyhow, I'll tell you about malaria later on too. And for those who don't know, malaria is a really serious condition that's contracted through insect bites like mosquitoes. Symptoms include fever, chills, headache, nausea, vomiting, muscle pain, fatigue, sweating, chest or abdominal pain, and a cough, and it can also be fatal. And one of the most prevalent areas where the disease is found is in New Guinea. We did have earthquakes in New Guinea, and uh, average maybe about a uh, little over one a month. And I remember one time we were, I was in, uh, in a building there and uh, a real bad earthquake came. Everything was really shaking big time. And uh, uh, somebody hollered, get out of the building. So we hurried up and we raced out of the building. And then they told us, uh, look out for a tidal wave. Well, forget about that. We were on an island like, and there was no way I was going to overrun a, a, a tidal wave. So we just stood there and and finally it quieted down. But anyhow, all our water tank, all our, oh, we had maybe about a 500-gallon drum on the side of the houses that held our water. And uh, all of them busted at the bottom when, uh, the, when the earth pushed up and pushed down and all the water got out of it. And the bishop's house was the only house that was really destroyed. So uh, I felt lucky on that. But the other time that I was unlucky was, or I was lucky, <coughs> was when I, when I get home, when I go home from work, I'd always just jump in the ocean with my shorts and take my shoes off and, and just uh, swim around a little bit, cool off, and then walk to my house. Well, this one day I did that, and I got up on this little deck, little pier-like, and I reached down to pick up my glasses, and there was a coral snake. A coral snake? Yes, a coral snake. That's like the second most deadly snake in the world. Yes, I know, I know. He was swimming right where I got out of, out of the water from. 
Did he bite you? No, he didn't bite me. I got out in time. But oh, jeez. If I would have been maybe about five, ten seconds later, I think he might have hit me. Oh, jeez. So I lucked out on that one. So, so New Guinea was pretty crazy then. New Guinea was pretty crazy. You had to watch out for everything all the time. and. So why did you leave New Guinea then? Well, I left because the Army wanted me to join them. So I... Finally, I I fought that a little bit, but then I couldn't fight it any longer, and I had to come back. Anyhow, I got to Australia, and I I took a train ride, and son of a gun, if that train didn't have an accident. Rolled over, hit another train, and rolled over on its side. And so I got banged up pretty bad in my arms, and I finally found out where they had the water. They had it in little bottles that were up on up on top near the roof. But anyhow, so I got back there and they they had, uh, they sent buses out to pick us up, the ones that didn't have to go to the hospital. Were people like killed or? No, nobody was killed, but uh, it made the headlines of the Sydney news, newspaper. And uh, so when I got down there, well, they had all the newsmen, they were waiting for our bus to come in and they wanted to interview the people. I'll, I kept my mouth shut. I didn't let them know I was an American, and I just walked away as fast as I could. Why is being an American like an issue? Well, because then they would want to advertise that and really interview me a lot about my mm-hmm. injury or whatever the heck, or the trains and about New Guinea or about Australia, whatever. So I just didn't want to be interviewed by them. So. But anyhow, so then I got back to the States and waited my time and finally got drafted into the army and when I had my physical we're standing there and the doctors are all looking us over well by that time all this uh, my arms got banged up in a train accident and uh, there was all kinds of pus coming down on both my arms oh man (laughs) and I would wipe the pus off uh, below the elbow on both arms and you think these doctors would ask what that was uh uh-uh. uh, they didn't want to know. They accepted me. I told them I had malaria, but they didn't believe me. So I got drafted. But I was down there for a while, and then I did come down. I, uh, after a while, they were taking us out to the field to train us on rifles and all that. We'd go out there and sit in the bleachers. They'd explain it. Somebody would tell us some this or that or whatever the heck about rifles. Well, anyhow, I. The first day they were taking us out there, I put my hand up and I says, hey, they asked well, when we assembled, who wants to go on sick leave or on uh, sick? I raised my hand. I says, hey, I want to go on sick leave. I've got malaria. And uh, so the guy didn't believe me, so I had to go out to the field. The next day, same thing. I raised my hand. I wanted to go on sick leave and they wouldn't let me. And uh, so I went out to the field. The third day, sergeant asked who wants to go on sick leave or or is sick. And he looked right at me, and I did not put my hand up, so he didn't call on me. So I went out to the field. Well, we got out there, and we're sitting in the bleachers, wooden bleachers. And all of a sudden, the attack come on. And I get the shakes, and here I'm shaking like a leaf out there. And uh, even the guys next to me, they couldn't, they were shaking. 
It was everything was going like mad, and uh, the guy, uh, the guy that was giving the lecture, he said, "What's wrong with that guy?" Nobody knew, and I told him I got malaria. Well, anyhow, they got me out of the out of the stands, or out of the bleacher there, or whatever, and um, and then the first sergeant went and drove me uh, back to my barrack, and I had to take all my clothes, put them in a duffel bag. Bring him over to the first sergeant, uh, to the supply sergeant, and then they sent an ambulance to pick me up. Oh, now they want to check my weight. I get on a scale where well, they couldn't check my weight. I was shaking too much. And then they wanted to take my temperature. Well, at that time they had these glass uh, uh, thermometers that they put in your mouth. Well, they couldn't do that because <laughs> I'd probably bite it. <laughs> So they finally, they just took me in and they believed me and they says, well, maybe he does have malaria. Let's check him out. Yeah, if he's shaking so much. <laughs> so then they checked me out. The next morning, a gal doctor comes in and she says, guess what? I says, what? She says, you had malaria. Wow, no I way. Says, I know it. I says, I've been telling them all the time that I had malaria. And so anyhow, they gave me the cure for it. And so that was, oh, golly, that was back in the late uh, or early 60s. And so I haven't had an attack since. So that was the end of my malaria episode. So along with malaria, you also fell off a tree and off a roof? How did that happen? Well, I was on the roof. And uh, I don't know. I just all of a sudden I realized that, hey, I, I'm going to have to jump off or something because I was just leaning the wrong way. So I didn't fall off. I really kind of jumped off. I landed on my feet, but I broke my heel. I couldn't get up. And then my wife would come out. Come on in. You got to go to supper or we got uh, lunch. And I says, I can't. You got to take me to the hospital. I broke my foot. And she went in the house. She didn't listen to me. Finally, Wait, she, she comes just out five you? minutes. Five minutes later, she comes out again and hollers at me to come on in the house and eat. I said, "You got to take me to the hospital." I said, "I broke my foot." She, said, how could you break your foot? I said, "I was up <laughs> on a roof and I fell down." Oh, okay. So she finally brought the car around. She drove it all the way up to the where I was. I climbed in, and I <clears throat> and she took me to the hospital. Well, they x-rayed it and all that, and they said, oh, yep, you got a broken foot here. I'll give you some pain medicine. So they gave me a prescription for pain medicine. They didn't bandage it up or nothing. nothing no blood was showing, but the heel was broken. So they uh, gave me the prescription. Says, okay, you can go home now. Well, I have to wait for my wife now. Where did she go? Well, she had a softball game that night. <laughs> And she had to go and play softball. That was the only game they won all year. She left you at the hospital. She left me at the hospital so she can play a baseball game. <laughs> so when she finally came, that was about 9 o'clock, and uh, I had the prescription in my mouth, and I'm, I'm just kind of furious there, sitting down there waiting, waiting, waiting for her. Okay, so she takes me home. We couldn't get the prescription filled because all the drugstores were closed. So that was it. So I just had to wait and I was in pain that night. 
And so all she told me, she said, well, why don't you just sleep on the couch? I'll go upstairs to bed. So she went upstairs. She slept real nice, and I'm downstairs in pain <laughs> all night long. So I don't want to even talk about it no more. <laughs> so how would you fall off a tree? Well, off a tree, that was, I was cutting this tree down. It was dead. And I was about 20 foot up on a ladder. And um, I had a rope tied to the top part of it, and I told, uh, tied to the tractor. And I told Mary, I said, okay, fine. When I tell you, you start pulling this tree down. And uh, so I cut through pretty much of it there. And it started to fall a little bit. So I told her, I said, okay, start pulling. Well, she must have had it down in a real slow, slow gear. It wasn't pulling very much. And the tree kind of spun around, hit me in the head. What? Knocked me <laughs> off the ladder. I still had the chainsaw in my hand when it hit me. Well, I threw that off to the side and I fell down on my butt and backside and my uh, uh, arm. And then, well, Mary, she comes over right away. She said, are you all right? I said, no, I'm not all right. Call 911. So she goes in the house. She tells her, the daughter to call 911, Julie. So she calls 911. They come out and I go to the hospital and... Here I have uh, a broken wrist. They put a big hanger on the side of my arm so I could hold my wrist up. And uh, broke my tailbone and uh, part of my joints, my hip joints. So right now I got one leg that's shorter than the other one or one leg that's longer than the other one, whichever way you want to look at it. But uh, I know what the one that was broken, that, that one is shorter. So... That was about it, and but anyhow, she had her game and had her fun there, I said, and leave me in pain all night. And you also had cancer, is that correct? Yeah, I had a little cancer. They went and they, they found that out when I was in a hospital back in '99 uh, with uh, with falling from the tree. So you found out you had cancer after you fell from the tree? Yeah, they found that out then. And then they, uh, I went to a couple different doctors, and they says, oh, they can do this, or they can do that. And I, so they just came along, and they says, okay, fine, we're just going to take the prostrate, prostate out. So that's what they did. So I lost a little weight on that, about the weight of a prostate, whatever <laughs> that is. So it just... Uh, it seems that everything that happens is always a lose-lose for me. But uh, Well, you made it this far. <laughs> but I made it this far. So, Grandpa, my final question for you is how do you think you've been so lucky during your lifetime? And what advice would you give to help us live long, fulfilling lives? Well, I don't know. I, I tell you what, I really haven't been uh, hurting much since I started just laying on a couch. <laughs> so... I think the best thing I can tell you is just lay down and rest all the time and find <laughs> yourself a good spouse that's going to bring you in your lunch and all that stuff. But anyhow, other than that, I said, there's no problem. Just lay on the couch. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for joining me today, Grandpa. It's been a pleasure to have you. 
I'd also like to thank my listeners for tuning in with me today. This has been Nine Lives. See you on the other side.